Hey, I'm Mary. And I'm Jake. And you're listening to The Fly Angle, the official RDU Airport podcast. Episode 9 of The Fly Angle. Mary, how you doing? I'm glad, Jake. How are you? I'm good. I just got back from the AvGeek Mecca oh, wow. visiting St. Martin SXM. If, uh, if you've ever seen that airport online or maybe if you've had the privilege to go in person, you know what I'm talking about. The coolest final approach in the world. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And most beautiful. I think I showed like, you cool. some of the photos, he right? He rubbed it in on our team. He literally sent us a, a view, a picture up close and personal from the beach. So I'd always wanted to see that. Thankfully, it's located also in paradise. So, you know, I spent a few days doing some R&R, but um, some really cool plane spotting. Got a great couple of photos of uh, an Air France A332 and uh, back and ready to do the thing here at our airport. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> episode nine. Here we are. So we have a pretty special episode for you guys today. Um, we are talking, and the format is a little different than we've been doing before, uh, but we wanted to talk a little bit about the Triangle Takeoff Coalition. Just unpack that a little bit. You've probably heard us talk about it on a previous episode. Uh, Mary, tell us what we have in store for today. It's a really dynamic episode, Jake. I'm excited. Shayla Nunn-Jones from Novo Nordisk is joining us. McGavick Edwards from Eccl and Vaughn, along with Scott Levitin at Research Triangle Park, and Larry Perkins from the Hurricanes and PNC Arena. I can't wait to talk to all of them. That's an action-packed cast. We had a good guest last episode, Mike Langeth, the president and CEO of RDU, finally joined us for an episode and it absolutely delivered. It did. He I was, was really glad. Make sure you listen in. You've got to go back and check it out. Yeah. he. I think I got the sense that he might want to do a couple more. I know. I said we've got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we would, I thought it'd be kind of fun to do a little bit of fun rapid fire question. Uh, kind of get to know your hosts kind of thing. So Mary, you ready to be in the hot seat? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So these are questions <laughs> about your airport preferences. No thinking, just going. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Aisle seat or window seat? I'm a window. Really? Yes, yes, What? Yes. What, do you just want to see the view? Do you want to know the truth? I like to lean. I get my little pillow and I lean on the <laughs> side. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'm an aisle seat person, but that's because I'm about 6'3". You're tall, right. Yeah. I can imagine that. All right, you ready? Yeah. Early morning or red-eye flights? I'm an early morning girl. Really? Yes. I would have pictured you for like the red-eye, like go overnight and... Oh, no, just because I close my door in the morning and get ready to work. I don't talk sure. to anybody. <laughs> I, love a good, I love a good early morning flight, too. I just like to have the entirety of my day and the destination that I'm going to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Check your bag or carry on. Oh, I can't even begin to carry on. Like, I'm the that you have to person. Check your bag? I'm that person that's checking my bag. I put it on the scale before I leave, and then I get there, and I'm still like, oh. 49.9 pounds. Yes, <laughs> I'm that person that's, like, emptying out their suitcase at the ticket I, counter. I check a bag very infrequently. I love to put wow. everything I can into my carry-on. I will sometimes do the gate check. You know, I'm that Are you guy. that guy? That, I am like, that guy. I, yeah, I don't know. It's Jake. bad. It's bad. <laughs> but I, I just have an innate fear of, of, of checking bags. I will say when I went to St. Martin, I checked a bag and I had not noticed this, but uh, I flew American mm-hmm. and the American app now has the track your bags feature and oh. it worked wonderfully. Oh. It even, I even on the, the return flight from SXM to my connecting point, which was uh, Charlotte. Um, 
I gate checked again. Okay. And it tracked that bag as well. Very so it tracked cool. both bags. It was amazing. So that's some serious peace of mind. So you're not me looking out the window to try to find your suitcase. Hey, I see my on bag the on the I see my bag on the ramp over there. Why that's are we moving? <laughs> okay, you ready? Yes. Okay, okay. First place you ever flew to? I flew to Florida. Really? Where yes. in Florida? I was 10 years old and I was going to see my, my grandparents and they were in Ocala, actually. Yeah. yeah. Mine was New York City. Really? Flew into JFK. Dude, flew into JFK. Went with my dad. City. We took in a Yankees game. We went to see a show on Broadway Very and cool. I just kept thinking about the flight. Well, if you listen to the last episode, we neither one of us were Mike Lanketh, like getting aspirations to become pilots or have a future in aviation, right? Yeah, I found I found my sweet spot, which is watching them from the ground. I'm digging it. <laughs> okay, last one. Okay. Most important part of your airport routine. Oh dear, it's figuring out what time my my plane leaves. Because I sure. may have been the person, again, who has missed a couple flights. So it's like <laughs> figuring out backward planning and making sure I'm leaving at the right time. So it's definitely knowing what time. What about you? Mine is coffee and water if I have time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I usually get those as soon as I have cleared security. So the okay. first thing I beeline for is a coffee in one hand and a water in the other. Water because... Um, if you've spent any time in an airplane, you know that it's easy to get dehydrated quickly. Um, and coffee because, well, I live on coffee. I'm drinking it right now as we speak. So. <laughs> I love it, Jake. I love it. We'll, we'll have to keep bringing that little segment back. Yeah. So. <laughs> Maybe you can send a question about Jake and my experiences here at the airport or flying. Speaking so, of which. Yeah, I think we have an airmail question. Let's Let's dive into this. So this question for episode nine comes from our friend Derek who asks, can you cover more of the general aviation aspect of RDU? I think that's pretty often overlooked, but still an important part of daily operations. Well, Derek, we tend to agree. Yeah. We definitely want to make sure we're uh, giving love to those guys, too, because they are an important part of RDU. They are. I see those GA flights taking off every morning when I'm coming into work, wishing I was jet-setting somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So for those listeners who are less familiar with the physical layout of RDU, we have three runways. We have our, our two commercial service runways that are parallel, and then we have a crosswind runway that our GA aircraft yeah. that they're commonly using. So, yeah, I mean, GA covers a lot of ground. At RDU, the folks like Signature and TAC Air, all the executive flights. But it's also the hurricanes, news helicopters mm -hmm. are always going up. Right. Yep. Well, definitely interesting stuff happening over there. And we might just do an episode dedicated to this soon. So stay tuned. Thanks, yeah, Derek. I love that idea. Okay. Let's get into some headlines. What do you think, Mary? All right. There's a lot happening at RDU these days, but perhaps no story is being talked about as much as the, uh, drumroll please, <laughs> you don't have to wait for it, the reopening of the airport's observation park. The park is Finally. now yeah. <laughs> the park is now open daily from 9 a.m. to sunset. And if you're not familiar with the park, it includes an observation deck, a playground, an educational exhibit, tables and benches, free parking, and lots more. This is long awaited, right? Yeah, we've been waiting for this moment for a while at the airport. Not just the staff, but certainly the people who use it. Whether you're a family, you're just an av geek like us who love, you know, spotting or even taking photos. This is your spot, right? So mm -hmm. <laughs> bring your camera. Tag us in your photos. We're at RDU Airport on Facebook and Twitter and at FlyRDU on Instagram. We want to see what photos you take out there. Um, and make sure you stay cool out there. It gets pretty hot, especially this time of year. So hydrate. Bring a, a, a water bottle. Definitely. Also, the month of July delivered yet another peak for passenger traffic at RDU with about 968,000 passengers traveling through the airport during the month. So 
here's the rub. We think that that might end up being the high water mark for 2021, and here's why. Our business travelers have still yet to return. While July is expected to be the busiest month at RDU until at least December, so the holidays could end up being a bigger month, there's typically less leisure travel in the fall. That business travel, we expect it to remain low for the next few months. Call it, you know, just the seasonality. It's They're not returning yet because of the original mm-hmm. coronavirus, but then now you've got also variants of the virus right. that are really kind of, you know, making a delible impact on enplanements, really not just at RDU, but everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. We're in wait and see mode. But uh, yeah, great month for July. Very curious to see how August and September go. Yeah, stay tuned for that. And Jake, I'm so excited. I can't even wait any longer. Let's just talk about what we're going to dive into in this episode. Triangle Takeoff Coalition. What is it? So the Triangle Takeoff Coalition, it's almost better to, to talk about like how it kind of formed about. Picture us in 2020. Picture airports in 2020. We, we're we reeling from the pandemic in terms of emplanements, in terms of revenue, in terms of uh, parking customers, you name it. And it's not just us that recognizes this. It's it's the power users of the airport. So like business travelers, leaders in the community who rely on airports as one of the major economic drivers. And so a lot of them independently had been talking with our leadership team about how do we light the flame again and kickstart air service at RDU and air travel at RDU. Right. And so many of those conversations were happening at one time. We realize why don't we just put that brain power together and make something bigger? Like the sum is greater than the parts, right? So that's why it formed. Mary, I think you have an idea of like some of the people some big involved. Names. I think you would recognize some of these names if yeah. you're from the area, right? Yeah, some big name sponsors. Of course, Platinum sponsors RDU and Novo Nordisk. And then there's some gold sponsors that are familiar for everybody around here, which we're so excited about Capital Broadcasting, Echo and Vaughn, Lenovo. Research Triangle Park, Fuji Film, Diosynth, also Cree and Wolf Speed, and also United Therapeutics. And there's still, I mean, Jake, it's pretty deep. These are some heavy hitters. Yeah, we're talking dozens of sponsors. Yeah. It, these are all names that, heck, you, you might even work for one of these companies. I mean, it is everybody and anybody who uh, plays a big role in the Triangle has been involved in this, this coalition. It has been really, truly magical to see that level of interest in the airport. So we've got the group together, and then they kind of asked the question, well, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And so one of the big things that came out of that was a kind of a multi-pronged advertising campaign that is really lasting most of 2021, started in the spring. That campaign is called Carry On. If you live in the area and you watch your regular TV viewer or you have access to the internet, which is about all of us, right? Right. You've probably seen these ads at some point, particularly if you've ever searched for anything related to flying or RDU. Yeah. All that said, don't take it from us. We have four guests for you today from different corners of the triangle who are all part of the coalition. And we thought, what better way to really explore what this is about than to hear it from the source? Yes. And really dive into why do they care, right? You know, businesses here, I think that they all have a stake that we all understand that. But there are really intricate pieces that the airport plays in, in each of our guests, businesses and organizations. And we'd love to explain that to you all. You know, Jake, part of the story that the Triangle Takeoff Coalition has been telling is just how impactful airports around the country are to everyone in their communities. Yeah. 
And that really includes small businesses. And with us today is one of the key people behind the coalition, McGavick Edwards, who is a partner at a Raleigh-based communications agency, Eckel and Vaughn. McGavick, welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to finally have you on the pod. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you you had a strong vision, McGavick, early on that kind of led to the Triangle Takeoff Coalition's formation in 2020. Can you walk us through how that came about? Sure. So we have been working as a partner to the airport for a number of years. So we have the privilege of really seeing behind the scenes what goes on here and really how important the airport is to our region. When we all were asked to stay at home and not travel anymore, we understood the importance of that, the safety of our community. But we also knew, thinking ahead, that at some point, we'd have to be traveling again. It would be okay to travel again from a safety perspective. It, it was a when, not an if, right? Like it, at that point it became like a, we've got to get back to flying, but how do we prepare for that? Exactly, right? As part of a communications agency, that's what we look at. How do we deal with what's happening now, but what do we do in the future? And we knew that our community, whether at that point we didn't know if we'd be staying at home for a week or months or what ultimately kind of became almost a year, we knew that a mindset would have to be changed again to make people feel comfortable flying again and to encourage people to, well, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> and so we started talking to the airport team, as you all know, about what did that look like? What would that return to travel look like? And what would we need to do to encourage people to get back in the air? And so that's how the coalition was formed. We started talking to businesses that count on the airport for their business, whether it's from a recruitment perspective or from a travel perspective, going to see partners and sales with clients, et cetera, about the value that the airport brings to their business and hoping that they would become a part of getting people back in the air when it made sense. Definitely. And McGavick, ENV is a small business, as we mentioned, with a diverse client base. Some people may not make that connection in terms of how a small business comes to rely on an airport. Can you talk about that level of connectivity and what does how does ENV view that relationship? Sure. I think there's a number of pieces to that puzzle, if you will. For one, to be the best for our clients, we've got to be creative. We need to be inspired and we need to be informed. So in order to understand the world around us, we need to be connected to, you know, beyond North Carolina's borders, beyond the triangle. And so to be able to experience places that feed our team's creativity, we need the airport. So that's one, right? Mm -hmm. That's one reason we need our, our team to be able to leave, to go, to be inspired, to be excited and come back with new ideas and new thoughts for our clients when we're thinking about their communications efforts. Secondly, we need to connect with people. We are a small agency. We're headquartered here in Raleigh, but we work with companies that are headquartered across the U.S. and in Canada. And so we need that connectivity to our clients as well, mm -hmm. for them to come here, for us to go to them, to meet new people, to meet people in various industries through trade shows, et cetera. So those are two pieces of that puzzle, right? Our team's creativity and inspiration, our connectivity to our clients. And then lastly, what we all talk about in terms of our region is recruitment, right? We want mm -hmm. to continue to see Raleigh and the Triangle region 
grow and prosper and have a lot to offer. And the airport helps make that happen. And so we continue to get the best and brightest people because they're inspired to be here. Right. So McGavick, your business, you know, is very close to the ongoing work of the Triangle Takeoff Coalition, obviously. Coming back to that that coalition, what, what elements need to exist for it to be successful and to successfully support the airport's recovery? You know, ultimately, this carry-on campaign is about awareness, right? I talked about a change in mindset and helping our region, our businesses, our leisure travelers get back into the air. And so I do think we've already seen some success in that. We're seeing the numbers at the airport increase. Also, we know that there are challenges that we're all going to continue to face when it comes to the pandemic. But I think to answer your question, I think for the campaign and the airport to be successful, and ultimately our region to be successful, we have to get past taking the airport for granted and only paying attention when we need to make a flight and we need to get somewhere to go. Because we know that destinations are going to come when we have demand and when we ultimately as a region collectively are paying attention to all that's happening to the airport and what's going on and how it's growing alongside our region. So I think for us to be successful, we need to raise awareness Mm -hmm. about the importance of travel, but raise awareness also about what the airport really truly brings and the connectivity it brings to our entire region and our businesses locally. We need collaboration. We need people to be encouraging folks to pay attention, not just when they want to go make that flight, but what's happening at the airport and supporting the growth opportunities that um, will come. And we need, I think, people to feel like they own the airport and that they're partners I to the airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's more, you've said it to us before, but it's more than just a runway that is conveniently there for people to fly on. It's part of the heartbeat of the triangle. Yeah. I mean, it's the gateway to the triangle. It's the first thing folks see when they come to the triangle. It's our gateway to the rest of the world. And if you think about that, it is so much more than just a runway. Mm-hmm. And McGavick, I can't let you leave here before I thank you for your hard work. You know, you and Jake and my boss, Crystal Feldman, really led the effort to not only mobilize a group of really critical stakeholders, but then take it another level to bring some high profile people into this campaign to launch the, the campaign. It's multifaceted. So have to thank you for that support one. ENV's whole team was just phenomenal to work with, but then also just your vision and foresight. So kudos to you guys. Oh, thanks so much. It has been a passion project and it's been a blast. Lots of long hours, but lots of, lots of fun. Yeah, we agree. And if you are listening at home and have not seen any of the TV spots or the ads, um, you can find those online. You can go to uh, YouTube and find those those ad spots right there. Watch yep. them. They're pretty jam-packed with interesting, like you said, interesting uh, uh, cameos, cameos from, from some well-known people. <laughs> yes. so. Absolutely. Go visit triangletakeoff.com. Everything's right there. There you go. You go. Thanks, McGavick. McGavick Edwards from Eklund Vaughn. Thanks so much. One of the biggest motivators for encouraging return of travelers to airports around the U.S. is aviation's impact on the economy. And that's certainly true here in the Triangle. And with us today, we have Scott Levitan, who is president and CEO of the Research Triangle Foundation. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. We're glad to have you. So like RDU, the Research Triangle Foundation is part of the region's bedrock of economic development. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about RTP's work and maybe a little bit about how it's changed in light of the pandemic. Sure. We've been around 62 years. 
We were founded when North Carolina was a very different place. The economy was based on three legs of a stool, uh, tobacco, furniture manufacturing, and textiles. And back in the 50s, all of those were looking into the future and seeing decline. The epicenter, really, economically of the state at the time was the triad. There wasn't even such a thing as the triangle. And the business leaders of the state said, we want to do something that is equivalent to the first research park in the world, which was at Stanford University. And they decided to do one in North Carolina. But they looked around and they said, to make this competitive to Stanford, we're going to create this thing called the Triangle, founded by the three tier one research universities. And they invented the name and they invented the idea. It took a long time to have a company, you know, sign up to come. And then we got two national labs. And for a long time, we were a great place to be for corporate headquarters. The world has changed since then. The idea of a private commercial campus is less attractive in some ways than it used to be. Connections with the universities and with other businesses has become very important. And the need to compete for talent is really a high priority for our 300 companies sure. because there was a report just recently that there are 48,000 job openings posted in the Triangle region. Oh my wow. gosh. Which is a pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Scott, one of the foundation's biggest contributions is its role in shaping major business recruitment to the Triangle. How does RDU fit into that story? Well, RDU plays the critical role in that. Um, we would be nowhere without an airport, without an international airport. And one of the advantages that we have, we're not the biggest airport. We don't have the most flight, direct flights to everywhere, and that's too bad. Um, but... The reality is when we are in a recruitment mode or when our existing companies identify a market that's important to them, we partner with RDU, as do the economic development entities at the state and the counties, to figure out how to fill that need. And so the airport has been very responsive. In fact, they, they get involved when we're recruiting companies to the region to say, where do you need to get to? Let's see how we can make this work for, for the airlines that are interested in RDU. So it's very important. And an ongoing partnership that continues to evolve, I imagine. It does, yes. And so the, and kind of on the other side of that table, the companies that are considering the area, are they asking about air service? Is that a question that comes up pretty frequently on their end? They're more than asking about air service. It is a determining factor in their choice of the triangle to locate. We have to be able to get people to where they need to be. And so it is one of the top criteria for our companies. We've done really well. If you look at the number of companies we're recruiting, they feel comfortable that we can meet their needs. That's why we need to continue to make investments in RDU. Yeah, I think we live it and we know the level of connectivity, but to think that that's such an integral part of a decision that a company is making to either enter a market or yeah. to develop in a market is is just phenomenal to me. Yeah, that really underscores the the urgency behind yeah. behind the Triangle Takeoff Coalition and really just even bro more broadly than that than the how urgent air service in this region has to, has to get back. Yeah. And then we need to think about how to connect the airport to our regional transportation system, which we're building and growing. It all has to work together. You know, right. think of all the cities where you either get on the subway or you get on the light rail or you get on something and it brings you right to the airport from your hotel. And it's an advantageous experience. 
<laughs> yeah, we, we have a lot of listeners who are from outside of the, the Triangle area, and uh, some of them who haven't visited here before probably think that Raleigh and Durham are and RTP are just steps apart. But that dash, that dash in the middle is yeah. about 15, 20 miles wide, right? Yeah, so. it is. Yeah, well, Scott, we're going to be talking to some of your peers from the coalition, so we're really glad that you joined us today. We're glad for the support that the Research Triangle Foundation offers to the airport and the, just the coalition's work and your involvement, so we thank you. Thank you. Our next feature guest for this episode comes from a great company with a presence right here in the Triangle, but helping people all over the globe to stay healthy, Novo Nordisk. With us today is Shayla Nunn-Jones, who is the Principal of Government and Public Affairs at Novo Nordisk. Shayla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hey, Shayla. We're so glad that you could join us on the podcast. And we're excited that Novo Nordisk is a part of this Triangle Takeoff Coalition that Jake and I have been talking about. And in fact, a platinum sponsor of the campaign, one of only two. Why did Novo Nordisk become a member of the coalition? And what do you like best about the Carry On campaign? Well, let me um, first say that I represent part of Novo Nordisk that is a growing part of Nova Nordisk in the United States. I represent our three manufacturing facilities in North Carolina. And for us, being a larger employer in North Carolina, we really had never stepped into the space of local advertising or local support for a community initiatives like this one. And so when the pandemic hit, we were looking for ways to engage the community, to get involved with local businesses, to show that we are here, we're growing, and we're all in this together. So the Triangle Takeoff Coalition seemed like a great fit. We're a global company. We rely on the airport a lot for our people moving, especially connecting our local manufacturing here in North Carolina with our global manufacturing that is primarily based in Denmark. Kudos to your leadership for having that vision. And I'm always about the community engagement. So so thank you for that glimpse into that decision making. Yeah, agreed. I, I commend my leadership for having that foresight as well. So I thought it'd be kind of neat, especially for our listeners who a lot of them are, you know, aviation geeks, for lack of a better term, and, and you know, really love all things airports and airlines and, and aircraft, to talk a little bit about Novo. So you guys are unique. You know, you operate globally. When the pandemic started, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you guys were basically had, had a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week operation. That machine kept rolling on. And you're working on global projects. The work is global in nature. So what was that experience like, particularly through the lens of, you know, you're an employee there, your fellow employees. Walk us through how that experience felt. So like I said, Nova Nordisk is a global biotech company. We manufacture right here in North Carolina products for people living with diabetes and obesity. And so being a global supplier, we couldn't stop. I mean, there are people who rely on our medications. I mean, these are life-saving medications that people cannot live without. And so we owed it to our patients to continue producing our product 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so as soon as the pandemic hit, we really had to pivot and we pulled together our leadership teams. We got down into the weeds of exactly what would make life tolerable, I guess, for our employees. And so, you know, in the, in the very beginning, it was, it was simple things, you know, when people were like, oh, this pandemic's going to be over in a month, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, I'll be going on vacation in June. No worries. You know, we did simple things like putting together baskets of 
toilet paper and paper towels and hand sanitizer, things that were running out in grocery stores. But as things started to really shut down and things got super serious, then we really had to think about what is, you know, the quality of life for an employee who's required to come in to, to continue making these life-saving medications. And so we partnered with community groups to provide child care for some of our employees. Once a vaccine was available, we did on-site vaccination clinics. I mean, we, we really tried to think down to the minutia of what makes life great for our employees to continue coming to work. Obviously, we put in all the proper barriers and proper protocols. There were signage everywhere and plastic dividers between people. And I mean, overall, I think, you know, even just down to the messaging that our leaders were giving to our employees, it was all, you know, let's stay encouraged. We're heroes. We're, we're helping people, yeah. you know, live good lives in around the world. And patients yeah. first, we... We did what we had to do. Yeah. While our work isn't exactly the same as Nova's, I think we understand the sentiment. You know, it's that you realize in a moment like that how essential and how critical the work you're doing is to that those stakeholders and those customers and, and the community. Yeah. We definitely had that feeling a little bit in our own way of nothing underscores the, the value of air service to a region sure. until it goes away. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. We do rely on the airport quite a bit. I mean, unlike uh, other parts of the company, our manufacturing expertise is a global cohort of professionals, and, right. we, and we rely on one another. And as I sit here and listen to you explain this, your company really has embodied the whole vision of carrying on, right? You brought that to their experience every day in work. Again, we thank you for your participation. We thank you for joining us on the show today. Yeah. Shayla Nunn-Jones, thanks for, for joining us. Thank you. You know, Mary, I remember my first time going to see the Carolina Hurricanes. It was actually in Greensboro during the 97-98 season, that first season, before they completed their move to Raleigh. But 24 years later, the Canes are as popular as ever, and no one knows the Caniacs better than our guest today, Vice President of Guest Relations at PNC Arena, Larry Perkins. Larry, welcome. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate Hi, it. Hi, Larry. We're so glad that you're joining us on our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about how the events of the past year have impacted the Hurricanes operations at the PNC Arena, and kind of what's that been like? You know, it really was a state of uncertainty. Uh, with everything, as most of uh, the world knows, it was just an uncertain time. I think one of the biggest things for us is to try to figure out the safety and health of our staff and what we're going to do for that. And then talking to, obviously, all the authorities that have jurisdiction on what to do with COVIDs and the policies and procedures. So with us, we not only have to worry about state policy, like the governor's policy, but we also have to conform to the NHL policies as well as the NCAA policy. So it's not just one that we're looking at, not just CDC, not just the state, but all the entities that we have to deal with, including the promoters and everything else. So it was it was a uncertain time for us, but um, certainly one that uh, we're still trying to get through. I think yeah. we can really identify with lots of different entities that we as the authority answer to in dealing with different mandates from the state level, the federal level, and then just like you said, um, transitioning our customers to the health and safety measures that we had put in place. So it seems like you had a similar experience at the uh, PNC Arena. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, and that was one of the biggest things for us is trying to figure out, again, the employee side of it. But what do we do with our customers? When can we open? Could we do it without guests in the building? And then what happens if we bring 
guests back, and then all of those protocols you have to put into place. Uh, we end up writing a 150-page manual, yeah. uh, and the manual that we sent to the governor was only 25 pages, but it kind of spoke to just about all the things that you have to look at. It was really like starting over again, right? It's, we it's know like, the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but everything was in a state of flux, uh, and part of that was trying to train our staff and train the customers, make sure that they followed all the protocols as well. So, yeah, when you think of places that were kind of disproportionately affected, you know, obviously everybody was affected by COVID, but disproportionately affected airports and large scale, you know, arena sized events certainly come to mind. Just kind of continuing that thread, what are some of the different ways that the hurricanes and PNC Arena rely on RDU Airport? Well, as you know, our team travels virtually all year round. And then, of course, we have players that uh, live in various countries, so we have to get them back and forth, get their families back and forth. But also we have uh, corporate partners that we have to get here and see face-to-face and do various things. So uh, with those business meetings, those social gatherings, and obviously it was tough during that period of time, but RDU is a real big part of the infrastructure that we depend on bar none. Like you mentioned before, like the big events, we deal with the NCAA, the basketball tournament championships. Yeah. Part of our bid process is to look at that, make sure that we got the infrastructure and RDU is a big part of that, make sure we can bring all those talents here. Sure. And that's not just the teams, right? That's the fans too. Especially I remember going to some of those games and meeting people that had flown in from across the country and just to go see their team play in the Raleigh Regional. Well, yeah, absolutely. So whenever you get a an opposing team, there's always a big influx of other fans that are coming in from various parts of the country. And, you know, and, and they all want to come here because of what it is, what Raleigh and the Triangle is all about. You know, they want to see their team. They choose here because of the amenities, the quality of life, and how easy it is to get around and, and various things of that nature. So we're very proud to be a part of this. We're glad you are as well. And you were one of the original members of the Triangle Takeoff Coalition, and I imagine that you had some say in the privilege that we had to have Coach Brenda Moore, <laughs> along with Don Waddell, the Hurricanes GM, take part in the Triangle Takeoff ad campaign. What inspired the PNC Arena to be part of the conversation around carrying on? You know, the Carolina Hurricanes and PNC Arena are stakeholders. We're not separate from, we are part of it, and we are proud to be a a part of this uh, coalition, for sure. You know, we have to do our part for our community, and I think everybody needs to step up and do uh, their part, and we were proud to be able to step up and help this initiative. Absolutely. Harry Perkins, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it very much. We appreciate your time, sir. Okay. Every time we finish these episodes, I am blown away by the ground we cover, the yeah. air we cover. <laughs> that was uh, that was an action-packed episode for sure. It really that was. That was a lot of fun. It's cool to hear so many different voices kind of from all corners of the same topic, right? It was fascinating. There's a website where you can learn more about the Triangle Takeoff Coalition. It's triangletakeoff.com. And there, you'll learn all about the work they're doing and see the ads with so many of those familiar faces like Duke's Coach K, Jessica McDonald from the U.S. women's soccer team, Ira David Wood III, and more. Exactly. And from my position in community affairs, it's just exciting to have that level of buy-in and support from our region and from key businesses and stakeholders around us. So I'm both grateful and excited about what's to come in the future. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're starting to see similar projects pop up at other airports. Some of our our friends at other airports around the country, 
whether you live in the RDU area or if you're around the U.S. or even beyond, support your local airport. Yes, please do. <laughs> and while you're at it, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can just find us the Fly Angle, the official RDU airport podcast. Uh, let us know how we're doing and then share it with your friends. We want to make sure that they hear about the podcast as well. Absolutely. And we covered Derek's question and airmail, but we also want to hear from you. So if you've got some feedback for us, if you want to ask us a question, have an exciting topic or what you want to know behind the scenes, drop us a line. Let us know. Communications at RDU.com. And between episodes, you can find us on social media, fly RDU airport on Instagram and at RDU airport everywhere else. Until then, we bid you adieu. Yes. See you guys. Stay safe and well.